welcome to the next episode of Concept. I'm your host, Daniel Spencer. And I'm your season-long co-host, Tracy. And uh, we are really getting into the the meat of this of the the story, I guess uh, we'll say. Uh, really starting it off here with uh, the first real, like, actual plot-based bit. Uh, and we've got a guest with us today. Stefan, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi there, I'm Stefan Ado, host of the world's number one rated comedy dinosaur podcast, hosted by a New Zealander. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I think, very accurate. It's uh, sometimes you've yeah. got to be really specific to be number one. What can I, say? <laughs> I like it. I like it. And uh, what is the name of your podcast? Talking with Dinosaurs. It's uh, uh, me talking about dinosaurs, not with dinosaurs, but you've got to sort of, got to, you got to bend the rules a bit to get the pun in there, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I've listened to a few episodes and it is, uh, it's very fun. <laughs> it's certainly something. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it is certainly something. So is it Stefan or Stefan? Weirdly both are correct. Um my mum okay. my mum wanted me to be Stefan, but as a kid I couldn't say that, so it was Stefan. Uh so I've I've had both my whole life. I'm also pretty easygoing, so you can pretty much call me anything you like if you point at me at the same time, so I know you mean me. Yes. Uh, Great. So I'm gonna call you Fawn for the rest of the podcast. I actually was just discussing how lots of people have called me lots of different things, but no one had called me fa- um, called me Fawn or Fawn or anything like that before. So thank you. You are the first one, and I've been waiting for it for so long. Yes! I am so happy about that. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So Fawn, uh, what is your familiarity with this album? Well, I when I was a teenager, when I uh, I was a musician for, uh, for a long time, and one of the things that inspired me to become a musician, weirdly was this album not directly not listening to the album but uh in my my local arcade there was one pinball machine which was a tommy pinball machine uh which i had the high score on for five years until the arcade closed wow that's incredible that's fantastic yeah i'm uh i'm quite proud of that um i may have closed had caused the arcade to close because someone was starting to catch up with me um you know you got to keep that number one spot forever but you know i had that and it closed before they took took uh overtook me so i win good for you (laughs) very very nice it was one of the fundamental albums of sort of of my teenage years um that and a lot of the other other who albums I was sort of, a lot of my friends were getting into heavier and heavier metal, and I was just sitting there going, yeah, guys, but, you know, Pinball Wizards pretty great, and, you know, <laughs> uh, so there's, 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 you know, Roger Daltrey's got some pipes on him, you know, you know, give it a go, give it a go. I feel like this entire podcast is just going to be me finding out that every single other person in the entire world knew about this <laughs> album, and it influenced their life, and I had no idea it existed. I'll, I'll go be a ahead running and spoil theme. it for you. That is not the case. There are plenty of people who did not know about this album. Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, I won't be so alone. Right. It'll be, we'll have a good spread of people who are very familiar with it and people who didn't know about it. But yeah, this was a very formative album for me as well when I was in, when I was in high school. So when I was about 16, I discovered it and just fell in love with it. So, and uh, Tracy wrote it. (laughs) <laughs> yep and then i blacked out 
and forgot about it. That's right. I, I mean, it, it, that was pretty common for albums in the 60s from what I hear, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. <laughs> Thank you. I do appreciate that. Makes me yes. feel so much better. So let's, uh, let's jump into the song here. So when we last left off, Tommy had just been born. And so Yay. then we flash forward. Yay! <laughs> we flash forward. No, not yay. Not yay at all, you guys. <laughs> yeah, not yay that he was born. He goes through so some much. shit. But we'll get into <laughs> yeah. that a little bit later on. This song is a very happy song where nothing bad happens <laughs> at all. So let's go ahead and just jump into those lyrics. Tracy. <clears throat> Got a feeling 21 is going to be a good year, especially if you and me see it in together. Aw. So it's so. really good so far. <laughs> really good so far. This is Mrs. Walker and her new partner, who's named The Lover, since her husband is, you know, missing in action. They're celebrating the new year coming up. 1921 is going to be great. They're super in love with each other, and everything is very happy. Tommy's going to live a well-adjusted, great life, mm-hmm. and it's good. So let's let's hear the next lines. So you think 21 is going to be a good year? It could be for me and her, but you and her? No, never. Oh, boom. Dip. Captain Walker's back from the war, y'all. Very much alive. And he is uh, not cool with Mrs. Walker and the lover. You would have think that I, when they found him, they would have given her a courtesy call. Just a, hey, heads up. Right. <laughs> Something. <laughs> to just be like, hey, just so you know, we told you to assume he was dead. But five years uh, ago, we were wrong. Here's some good news. Like, that's a good news call <laughs> you want you want to make, right? Rather than the call that was made of, uh, he's probably dead. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's surprising to me as well that they did not give her a heads up. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty unfair of Captain Walker to be upset that she moved on after presumably about five years from everything yeah. I've read. Well, they do sort of cover yeah. that a little bit later on in the song. A little bit. A little bit. So yeah, let's let's get into that. Hit us with those next lyrics. I had no reason to be over-optimistic, but somehow when you smiled, I could brave bad weather. So I've I've heard two different takes on what these lines mean one being that that is the captain saying i you know i didn't think that i was going to make it out i had no reason to think that you were still going to be like that i was over optimistic to think that you would still be there for me but like i got through it by thinking about your smile that was always my interpretation of of that line personally the other one that i've heard is that it is mrs walker saying i had no reason to be over optimistic that you were you were alive <laughs> and that the somehow when you smiled i could brave bad weather was like i was able to kind of find happiness and move on by thinking about thinking that you would be happy with me doing this which then has a different meaning a little bit later on but <laughs> uh we'll get to that a little bit later on uh either way it's it's kind of a sad couplet there, right? Like, either way, it's it's just a little sad. It's a good way to sum up the whole album. <laughs> yes, uh, just a little sad. Just a teensy bit. So let's move on. What about the boy? What about the boy? What about the boy? He saw it all. So we get a huge plot jump here. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we <laughs> gloss over... Some very important action that happens where the lover and Captain Walker get into a scuffle. Uh, and the lover 
kills the captain. I believe in the movie, uh, the lover kills the captain, but in the original synopsis that they said for the album, the captain kills the lover, which never made as much sense to me. But yeah, the, uh, the original syn- uh, originally that's what the, uh, the the plot was. That was sort of where the plot really diverges in the film from the original um, from the original well synopsis that the Who released with the film uh, with the album, just to be right. confusing. <laughs> Because, yeah, I think it means a lot more if the lover kills the captain. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, in the original synopsis, it was the captain killing the lover and then just being a really shitty parent. <laughs> but I mean, in his defense, he's got PTSD, probably. St- yes. Yeah, supposedly. But also this, uh, against him, that's, I mean, still shit. <laughs> yes. As it turns out, a about five-year-old Tommy watched this whole thing happen and watched one of them murder the other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the remaining living adults are a little concerned about this <laughs> because he has seen it. And we're not concerned because this child just witnessed this brutal thing as much as we're concerned that maybe... He's going to blab about it to someone. So then they decide to take it into their own hands. Mm-hmm. Tracy. Would you like to be the part of Tommy in parentheses? Yes, I would be more than happy to do okay. that. You didn't hear it. I heard it. You didn't see it. I saw it. You won't say nothing to no one. I won't say nothing to no one. Never in your life. Never in my life. You never heard it. I heard it. How absurd it all seems. How absurd it all seems without any proof. Oh, I was hoping we were going to say that part together. (laughs) Do you want to try again? (laughs) How absurd. How absurd it all seems. seems (laughs) Without any proof. That's right. It's about as synced as the actual album version is. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, Dan, fix that in post. You didn't hear it. I heard it. You didn't see it. I saw it. You never heard it. Not a word of it. I heard it. Every word of it. You won't say nothing to no one. I won't say nothing to no one. Never, never tell, tell a soul, a soul what but I know you know is it's the, the truth. truth. So the adults are yelling at Tommy, basically, to just be like, nope, just just block out everything that just happened. He's like, I'll do you one better, Mom. I'll block out everything for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it's that's like this is the main crux of the whole story. Like this is what kicks everything off into gear because they're saying you didn't see it, you didn't hear it, you won't say anything. And his mind just freaks out. And he's got this mental block now, so he's effectively deaf, blind, and mute. Yeah, if, if really, if we're looking at this from the from the hero's journey, this would be the uh, the call to action, as it were. That makes me sound very smart and like I know what I'm talking about. That's what I read from a uh, from a synopsis online. Uh, the genius comment. <laughs> but if you can just edit that part out, so I sound like like I know. A lot I have that too. And Joseph Campbell's theory of the hero's excellent, journey. Excellent, excellent. Uh, <laughs> I do believe in my contract. It said I I must seem a lot more academic than I am. It's a uh, very important. It is in your contract, and I can it's in all of our contracts. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I signed a bum contract though, so I'm the one who gets to seem like I'm clueless. <laughs> but I've, I, when I, when I first heard this, it always sort of frustrated me how sort of out of sync and jumbled and hard to hear what was going at what, uh, what was going on was during the uh, during this chorus. And it's only just recently that I've sort of realised that it's maybe it's intended that way to sort of represent Tommy's cognitive dissonance, how he's actually feeling about this whole situation. He knows what he saw and heard. They're telling me he mm-hmm. can't, and it's all getting jumbled in his head, and 
by mixing, making it not quite synced up right, it's getting jumbled in our heads as well. That one was me, so uh, keep that bit in. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, me as a teenager would often even skip this song because it annoyed me so much. Because, you know, I was, yeah. you know. Yeah, it definitely bugged me a lot. And I'll be honest, like, until I started doing research for this podcast, I hadn't looked up the lyrics before. So how absurd it all seems without any proof, I just thought was, oh, so it all seems without any proof. Ah. Because it's so hard to understand what they're saying in this bit. (laughs) Yeah, my experience was completely different because I came at this album for this podcast so I had already printed out the lyrics, you know, kind of skimmed over them, read about them. So I was looking at them while listening to the song. Uh-oh. So I didn't. So, so I had cheated. it all. I did, basically. Yeah, I should have yeah. just listened yeah. to it. Playing but on easy mode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's my life. It's just easy mode every day. <laughs> yep. So then we get the first verse back. We get to hear that all again. And uh, this time, I think it's mrs walker talking to the survivor of the scuffle for the i had no reason to be over optimistic but somehow when you smile like a brave bad weather line that she's just like you're you're the winner so <laughs> i loved you the whole time whoever it was <laughs> which is things. sort of horrifying but smart move on her part really the person, oh yeah this person's already proven that they're willing to kill so maybe just go with it until you can escape <laughs> yep self-preservation which is 100% her motivation for everything in the rest of this story. (sighs) But I love the end of this song ending with uh, What About the Boy? Because it's just like, it, it takes that from the question of like, what do we do about him because he saw this to like, what do we do about him now that he's in this condition? And I think it's it's a brilliant like bring back of that line and redefinition of it. If, if there's one thing that this particular song excels at, um, it, it is changing the meaning of the lyrics through repetition. Yeah. So, you know, that apart from it's got a very tertiary structure where it's sort of this got uh, sort of a part A, a part B, then does part A again. But the second time it does part A, it's sort of a very different feel to the first time, assuming you know the story behind it and aren't just sort of listening to it in isolation. Yeah. That's about all of the really sort of uh, in-depth analysis I've got for it now <laughs> from a musical uh, interpretation point of view. I actually, because uh, I was a musician for many years uh, and I studied music at a tertiary level for many years, um, and I went back to look, really look at this song in depth, go full into essay mode, and realized I've forgotten literally everything about music. <laughs> I can't. Re- I can't even remember if C has lots of sharps in it, or if I'm thinking of the C, which has lots of sharks in it. It's sort of a. Sort of an, I've re- I've really lost control there, but um. You are a pun champion <laughs> you were not lying <laughs> yes I, I am the Indonesian regionals uh, runner-up pun competition winner i can't deny it but um you know sometimes it really pays off sometimes <laughs> i think you might have killed dan because he also <laughs> loves a good pun uh my work here is done that you can just see how so happy good. he is in his eyes <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> that was one of the best, just like casual dropping of a of a joke like that. It's just, so, it was so good. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad it paid off. <laughs> 
Oh, Fawn, you are my favorite guest. <laughs> I, I, every, every time you call that, mate, what, call me that, it brings me, A, a surge of joy, but also it makes me imagine myself as a satyr, which is always also great. <laughs> yes, I love it. So, Fawn, if you were to make a different choice for the characters in this song how would you change it up what different choice would you make well interestingly enough as i said before originally supposedly it's the captain who kills the lover uh and mm. sort of the story goes on from there and then they change the lover to kill the captain i mean that's the if if that hadn't already happened in the film that would have been the choice i made uh i would say well it doesn't make sense for the far well i mean it does he's obviously a trained military person he probably could but um right. i think from an emotional point of view yeah kill, the lover killing the father would would sort of it would also be easier to carry up, ca- uh, cover up from a sort of more logistical standpoint like if you kill the lover well everyone knows the lover's been with her and all of a sudden the captain's back in life and no one ever sees a lover again like everyone knows what's happened if no, no one obviously yep. knows that the, that captain walker's come back so if he disappears all of a sudden well he's already been disappeared it all it all works out that's a great so point from the if we don't count the changes they've already made, the change I would have made is to have the mother kill both of them because they're obviously violent psych- psychopaths, and then raise Tommy in a healthy household from then. Maybe let him speak and talk and hear. <laughs> <laughs> but that would make yeah, it a like- very short album, I guess. <laughs> it would, but I love it. I am here for that choice. Kill both of these toxic men and. <laughs> mm-hmm. Raise Tommy yourself. Although, I mean, I don't think, and you know, maybe she changed a lot when she saw one of her lovers murdered right in front of her. But I don't know if up to that point she would have been a great mother just based off of how she is throughout the rest of the story. But we'll get to all of that in later (laughs) episodes. There is something else, uh, something that's already sort of, when I started looking at this in depth for this, that it really stood out to me. So these people gaslight a child so hard that he loses pretty much all of his senses. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the most hor- horrifying mutant superpowers I've ever heard. Like, they, they would definitely be in the Brotherhood of Evil. These aren't these aren't X-Men oh. that we've got here. And also, so that's why I like to think Tommy is set in the X-Men universe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is and, uh, a hot take. Yep. No, it's. Um, I, I think it's just science. I will I expect to see them in the MCU any moment now. The pinball wizard with his ability to uh, sort of uh, echolocate through his skin via vibrations. I. Uh, <laughs> it just. It just all makes so much sense when you think about it. Really. It does. It really does. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of that already. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, that is definitely going to go amazing, into the though. final. The final song that we write <laughs> because yeah. that's just too good. I don't know why I keep forgetting we're going to do that. (laughs) I might Uh, be blocking it out. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't block it out too much or you'll lose all sense of music altogether. (laughs) That's right. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, Fawn, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It's been it fun. It's been fun. <laughs> Fucking got you. <laughs> it's certainly been something. I will, uh, I, uh, to reiterate what I said before, no, this has been fantastic. I was very glad to, glad to get a chance to talk about one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, it's, been, it's really been great. Thank you. Certainly. And if our listeners want more Fawn in their day-to-day lives... 
How can they do that? There's a few different ways they can do that. If you're ever in the South Island of New Zealand, I do regular stand-up comedy shows. So, hey, come check it out. If you're not regularly in the sort of South Island of New Zealand, move. It's great. Come on. It's, you know, most places (laughs) have problems and we've got our own, but come join us. And it's not just to get more people at my shows. If you want to hear me in podcasts, uh, I'm on Talking with Dinosaurs, as I said before, the uh, world's number one rated comedy dinosaur podcast hosted by a New Zealander. Though I do really must reiterate it is very not safe for work a lot of the time and i mean everything is true as far as you know anything in science can be true when people are constantly researching new things but i mean Mm -hmm. don't don't please don't try and quote me in an essay or something like that that's not how it works (laughs) i am a i'm a joke boy Telling the, telling the boy joke boy jokes, <laughs> um, yeah. But th- that's that's usually where I can be heard, and um, and you know, just you could always, if you really need to contact me, just howl at the moon like a velociraptor, and I'll be there for you. I will be doing that as soon as I'm done. As soon as we're done recording this, I'm <laughs> just going to go out and howl at the moon and hope that you appear at my door because you're a lot of fun. Uh, well, uh, do, do be aware, like it's not instant. Like I've got to get plane tickets and stuff. It might be a couple of months, but it, you know, That's it'll fair. take a while. But I'll be there. <laughs> awesome. I look forward to it. That's all we have. Uh, what What is your favorite dinosaur? Ah, well, it's the uh, Ankylosaurus or Ankylosaurus, depending on uh, sort of which side of the pond you're sitting on. I can never remember which one's which, so I just sort of alternate. Uh, It is objectively the best dinosaur for many reasons. Uh, First of all, because I said so. Second of all, you can't really beat it in a fight unless you flip it, and it's way too heavy to flip. And third of all, I've already said so. Come on, you can trust me. I talk about dinosaurs professionally. This is sort of my my thing. Yeah. Don't don't question me, And it is the cutest of the dinosaurs. Oh, absolutely. Absolute cutest. There's a lot of very cute dinosaurs, but you really can't go past a, um, a four-ton walking pile of armored osteoderms for cuteness, in my opinion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again for joining us. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at Concept Podcast. And then also you can send us an email at conpodceptcast at gmail.com because it is just impossible to find an email address <laughs> for a podcast called Concept. <laughs> so thank you very much, everybody, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.